Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Today, I am joined by my friend Tatenda Chikora. How are you today? I'm great. It's good to be here. Yes. Yeah. I'm pumped to have you. Thank you. I know I reached out to you when I was in Bismarck. Yep. And it didn't work out, but you're like, I'm coming to Fargo. Yes. So, yeah, we, we made it. We're back in the, the home the yep. home set. The home set. <laughs> if, I mean, coming back to Fargo always feels like home. Yes. I, I spent... Um, most of my time, I, I guess I've spent like what four years. Yeah, spent four years in Fargo, so yeah, always feels like home. Yeah, and because I got to know you while you were at NDSU, you were yep. running track. Yep. you were part of our Chi Alpha group, mm-hmm. and then from there, you also jumped on board and started volunteering with AO One Foundation, our camp, and so yeah, it's been fun. It's been awesome. I remember when because uh, my family moved to Bismarck from Zimbabwe, and I I went. I was church hopping, looking for a church, and I went to Evangel, and I sat next to this man, and I told him I'm going to NDSU um, next year, and they were like, you should find Stephen Glasser. I'm like, who is Stephen Glasser? I was like, I'll give you his number, and then I got connected to you uh, right when I came to NDSU, so that was fun. And that was Arlen Dwelly, right? Yes. 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 Remember the name? I almost forgot him. He, he was like my pastor growing up, and then when I became a missionary with Chi Alpha, he and his wife, Fran, supported me from, like, day one. They're, like, wow. the kindest, like, most encouraging. I, I remember I went to, like, raise support. You know, I had to go to people mm-hmm. and, you know, share what God was doing through Chi Alpha and ask them to support me financially. And they, like, laid hands on me, prayed over me, and I felt like a million bucks going out, you know. That's so awesome. it was awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. incredible. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Tatenda? Kind of, what's your story? Where are you from? Yeah, so my name is Tatenda, uh, born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um, so Tatenda actually means thank you. Um, I spent most of my childhood in Zimbabwe, and then after high school, I moved to China uh, for college. Um, but at that time, my dad was already here in the United States, but uh, I spent a little bit of time um, in China before I moved here. I spent like two years in China, uh, but... Most of my childhood, I was in Zimbabwe, went to, um, you know, middle school, high school in Zimbabwe. Uh, You know, born and raised in a Christian home. Um, My parents were never together. um, So I was raised by my grandma, uh, who was just, I mean, the sweetest soul. Like, she she is amazing. She was amazing. Um, She's gone now to be with the Lord. Um, But she took me to church, uh, which was great. Like, I loved going to church with my grandma, but I feel like, just growing up, it was really, um, I they had knowledge of who Jesus was and who God was, but I never really uh, had a chance to, or really uh, got to the point of opening my heart and receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So I, I would say I went through the motions when I was young and mm-hmm. when I was in uh, middle school and high school. Um, I didn't meet the Lord until I was done with high school, right before I left Zimbabwe for China. And it was just in a sweet moment. It was one of those encounters you have with the Lord and he just marks you forever. And I was, I knew at that time, I was like, this is, this is who I am. I never really had an identity. Uh, I, I used to love sports a lot. And so my identity was around like sports. Uh, so what I did was who I was. So if I was playing soccer in that season, I was a soccer player. If I was playing uh, basketball, I was a basketball player. And that's how I identified myself with um, until I had that encounter and really felt like uh, the Lord gave me an identity. And I kind of like really knew who I was, um, you know, in that moment right before I left China. And I was like after high school. So, 
that's wow. a little bit about me and uh, ended up moving to the, to, to the United States in 2016 um, after spending two years in China. So Amazing. Yeah. You got to tell me, what was your time in China like? Oh, that was, that was a wild time. <laughs> I, I remember living um, and talking to my mom. Um, my stepmom was like, mom, you need to send me all the sermons in China because um, there's no church in China. Like, I'm not expecting to find a church in China, you know. Right. And, uh, but the crazy thing was, um, really, I think God had already gone ahead of me because when I got there, there was there was a fellowship at the school that I went to, uh, a fellowship of, like, international students, um, about 200 people that would gather together every Sunday and just worship the Lord, love God, and just, you know... Um, get to do life together which was which was crazy to think um so i got plugged in right away when i got there um ended up you know even opening my room for um bible studies which was not even allowed on campus that was one of the wild things and i i i just grew so much in my faith because um there was really a lot of like being led by the spirit and also just um learning the scriptures from um, you know, from Genesis to Revelations and not just like going through the motions and just like, you know, I love God. But this was like, hey, you could die for your faith here. So you need to know what you believe in. So we it was it was amazing because I was, you know, I got plugged into uh, amazing people that loved discipleship. So I was discipled by uh, this amazing man um, who literally raised me to to love the Lord and to just love the presence of the Lord, like more than anything else, more than a platform, more than influencing people on social media, but having this like intimacy with the Lord. And I feel like I grew a lot. Like the Lord stretched me, saw so many things, we were threatened and almost like, you know, being told, hey, you probably going to send you back home because you are continuing to do Bible studies on campus and we don't want that. And still had the boldness to say, you know what, I'm going to continue to do this. You guys can do whatever you want to do. Um, so that was a really uh, sweet time in China and also really stretching time because you were kind of forced to really stand up for what you believe in. So, yeah. Yeah, I I have that thought sometimes of like if, if we were put in that place or if we were told you can't, you know, be public about it or you can't do that, like, would our, is our faith strong enough to last? Like, is my personal faith strong enough to last if if that question were yeah. to be hanging over my head? I think that's a sobering question, yeah. but also one that really can test our hearts and test, like, the lordship of Jesus mm. in our lives. Like, is he really number one? Is he right. really the most important? Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, I mean, I love America. I feel like this is a very blessed nation. You guys have, um, you know, a lot of the freedoms that, so many people outside of this country do not have and that's a blessing that's something that uh, we should thank god for but at the same time it's like what are we doing with the freedoms that we have what are we doing with um all the liberty that we've been given you know Uh, and sometimes um you know when you get into this place you you've you're very much comfortable you know and it's, it's easy for you to just you know neglect like you know the place of prayer and really uh, love God with everything that you have and everything that you are because you're really comfortable. You have everything that you need. And um, so it's 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 a fine line that I've been trying to, uh, you know, tread since I moved to America now and I don't have all these pressures, uh, like a lot of the pressures that, you know, some people face outside of the United States. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, it's it's really a blessing uh, to be in the States here now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and then what was your experience like growing up in Zimbabwe? Like what was young Tatenda, like what was life like? Like what was family like or community like? Just tell us just a glimpse, you know, of what kind of life was like in Zimbabwe. I think for me, you know, I I was raised by my grandma. So I I really want to say during that time, life was so easy. Um, It was, we didn't have a lot. Um, I think we the house that I was raised in was like a two-roomed house. You know, we had my grandma sleeping in the other room. I was sleeping in the other room. Uh, and that room was also like the kitchen, you know, where you would <laughs> do all, all your yeah. stuff. Um, really humble beginnings. Um, like, I mean, I didn't really care a lot about stuff during that time because grandma was just everything to me. And then uh, grandma died and really life 
took a sharp turn after that. Um, I ended up um, just being raised by people that um, didn't really uh, take care of me the right way, um, the way you'd expect uh, a, a child to be taken care of. Um, uh, I was abused during that time, verbal abuse and just physical abuse, uh, which really kind of distorted uh, you know, the view of what family is supposed to look like. Uh, and remember, I was not with my parents during that time. I was not raised in like in in a place where my mother and my father were physically there. So it was hard. Like I really, um, there was a time when I just was just going through the motions when I was young. Just you know, I didn't have dreams at all. Like life was really hard. It was difficult. And then, um, I don't know, all of a sudden, my mother decided to, um, you know, reach out to my dad, who was out of the country at the time, and and my dad came to, to take me. And that was when I got the glimpse of, like, what the gospel is about, when the father, you know, left everything to come and just, like, you know what, I'm taking you home, you're mine, you know. And uh, in a way, I felt like, oh, I actually have a family. I actually belong, which was which was awesome, you know. Uh, but it wasn't really when I actually got the full picture of what the gospel was like. And then that's when I was like looking back uh, at my, you know, during my time of, uh, you know, of upbringing, I'm like, oh, this is God. This was God trying to show me what truly the gospel is about. The, wow. the father yeah. that leaves everything to come and bring his son home and say, hey, mm. you belong here. You you have a people of your own. Because I remember my dad took me and he took me on this like, um, you know, road trip to see all my family. And everyone who looked at me was just like, you look like your dad. And wow. I was just like blown away. And that's when I had like, kind of like, I, I knew a s sense of belonging. But that really hit home uh, when I gave my life to Jesus. I was like, this is where I truly belong. This is this is me. This is me in my happy place. This is me in my father's house where I know that there's a seat for me. Like, no matter what happens, there's always a seat at the table uh, that my father uh, sets before me. So, uh, but uh, Little Tatenda loved um, sports a lot. Yes. I ran track a lot. I, I, I want to say I was good at it a little bit. Um, I played soccer. I played... Um, tennis. I also played basketball. Like yes. I, I was so big into <laughs> sports. So anything that was sports related, you would find me there, running around, playing around with my friends. So that was me uh, growing up. So that's yeah. amazing. And I think it is safe to say that you were good at it, <laughs> considering you did participate in D one track. Thank you. <laughs> so, but um, I think that's something you know, just you sharing about you know growing up with your grandma and and when she passed being displaced, like, can you just kind of speak to just the cultural context or the context of your dad and mom not being there? I think yeah. that's something that sometimes it's, it's easy when we don't grow up in a place or we grow up in a home that's mom and dad, yeah. you know, that stability or that mm -hmm. like what we would call normalcy. Yeah. And it's maybe hard to even wrap minds around like, wait, what, where were they? You know, like, can you give a little context to that? Yeah. I, I think, my man, like life was just different. Like I see it now because, you know, I'm much older and want to want to want to say much wiser than I was at the time. Um, I I went through a lot when I was young. Um, just not having my mom, not having a relationship with my dad, um, not even knowing if I had a dad at all, um, and um, just the absence of fathers in, in, in homes is so huge. Like I, I, I didn't realize that until now because uh, one of the things that uh, has been helping me to kind of like process this time, um, you know, when I, was, when I was a child is I uh, started going to therapy um, just two years ago okay. uh, when I graduated from NDSU because I just felt like I had some unresolved issues uh, when I was being raised and things that I never really shared with anyone. And, uh, and I, I really feel like people don't really see the value of, you know, having mothers, having fathers in homes as uh, something that is very powerful to, um, to kids because mm. kids feel that like they, 
they might not really feel the pain of not having a father in the moment, but later on, like in their in their in their twenties, um, you know, growing up, they are going to feel that. I, I and I felt that in my twenties, like I felt like I was just you know lost, and I was you know like yeah, Tatenda was not just planned. Like he was never born in this family setup or family unit where the mother and the father were around. And I, um, I started like diving into that, um, you know, two years ago uh, with my therapist and it was, it was really helpful to even be able to talk about some of the things that I went through. And I would just encourage people to, um, you know, to never underestimate the, you know, just the power of having a father and a mother in, 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 in a child's life. And, um, and if maybe you're listening and, you know, you've, you know, this is, this is your family. This is, this is who you are. Like, I'd encourage you to just find help, like seek for that, like, um, help that you need, especially Christian therapists that are out there. And they're really like, they're people that are willing to sit down with you and walk you through, uh, the pain and the hurt that you may be feeling. So, yeah, that's so good. I think that's such an important reminder too, and just like, that stigma that can be in the church too. And, you know, for the last several months I've been seeing, you know, a professional Christian counselor who mm. it has like this lens of the gospel, the Bible, mm. but he's helping me process things in my own life, whether yeah. it's stress things or whatever the case is. Yeah. And it's just been one of the most beautiful things. So yeah. that's such a, a huge reminder. Like you don't have to, either you don't have to hit rock bottom or you don't have to like be it's like anyone can yep. can see that and it's beneficial. Yep. Um, so that's, that's awesome. I appreciate yeah. you being open about that. Absolutely. Um, so you came to NDSU and, you know, I think you've, you'd obviously spent time in China. You'd, you know, your dad was in Bismarck or mm -hmm. right. Bismarck. Yep. Yeah. Bismarck. And so, you know, you had some like exposure to different things, but what was maybe your experience at NDSU you know, running track and just kind of what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, uh, the education system between United States and China is very different. Mm -hmm. So I really struggled with that, like uh, just getting through uh, all my classes in my first semester at NDSU was just crazy and wild. But, um, uh, you know, other than that, I really enjoyed uh, being being at NDSU, my time with uh, NDSU track team was amazing. Um, I, I remember uh, also getting plugged in with Chi Alpha as well. Like that was, uh, that was just, I, I just have amazing memories when I look back. Um, and also just being in a place where it's, I mean, it's, this is one of the biggest universities in, in America, in my, in my opinion, like uh, the, the, just the education that I got uh, from NDSU just set me up for, uh, you know what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm a graduate engineer in in Bismarck, uh, which has been amazing. Uh, I've enjoyed it, but I've also enjoyed the relationships that I've I've, I've made. I've, I've so many friends uh, from from college, um, so many friends that I even you know still uh, get to spend time even to uh, to this day. Um, so yeah, it was I I had a great time at NDSU, uh, and I was also able to um, just do some amazing things. Um, I started, uh, I remember, I think it was in my junior year and I was just thinking of like, what can I do? How can I give back to my community? Because I was looking at the blessing that everything that the Lord had given me through, um, you know, like being at NDSU. Um, and I started like collecting shoes uh, and clothing items and I wanted to, um, you know, donate those to my high school in Zimbabwe. And that opportunity just like, was just incredible because it opened so many doors for me. So, yeah. So when you, when you did that the first time, was that kind of your thought? Like, this is just gonna be a one-time thing, you know? Cause I remember having conversations of just like, as a track athlete, you were given all these new pairs of shoes and yeah. like you had all these shorts and shirts and you're like, I'm never gonna be able to wear all these things. Right. And so kind of what maybe sparked that? And then like from that first time, kind of what did that look like? Um, you know, just kind of doing this thing one off, just, I want to be yeah. a blessing. Yeah. I, I, I feel like for me, it was just the Lord reminding me of where I came from. Um, really, um, you know, being raised by my grandma, I felt like an orphan at, at some point, you know, it's just because my parents were never there. And 
don't get me wrong. I love my parents now. We have a great relationship. I love my dad. Love my mom. Uh, but at the time, it just felt like, and it it just felt like the Lord was reminding me of this, and it was like, you need to do something about this. And you know, through pressing in in prayer, I was like, God, what can I do? Really, like I, I'm a college student. I don't have money. I don't have a job now. So, and and I felt like the Lord was asking me, like, what do you have? You know, and I was looking around. I was like. Oh, I have so many shoes, you know, <laughs> what can I do with these shoes? And, and it just felt like I needed to reach out to uh, some of my teammates and some of my friends and just ask them if they had shoes that they were just, just lying around. Uh, because I knew, uh, you know, the high school that I went to would have kids that would walk miles and miles, uh, you know, without shoes. So I was like, man, this could be a pair of shoes that a kid would wear to go to school. And it would probably be a favorite pair of shoe to some kid out there, you know. And just reached out to my friends, reached out to uh, Fellowship for Christian Athletes, who just helped me tremendously. I mean, the leadership there is incredible. I shout out to Jeff Caddis. He's just amazing. Um, and they just like, you know, they just rallied behind me. We did like a shoe drive. I ended up with like 100 pairs of shoes, uh, which is crazy because I was like, I was not expecting that many shoes. Um, talked to one of my friends who knew a nonprofit uh, that donates shoes to, to kids here in America. And uh, long story short, like that nonprofit ended up sending me like 100 pairs of shoes. Uh, I ended up like with 200 pairs of shoes. So it just blew my mind. And for me, when I did that, I was like, this is just a one-off thing. Like, I'm just doing it once and I'm moving on with my life. I had no intention of, like, doing it long-term or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I was planning on moving to Texas when I yes. graduate. So I was like, I'm just going to stay in North Dakota until May of 2020. And after that, I am moving to Texas and starting my new life. But lo, um, lo and behold, uh, this amazing man, his name is Eric, Eric Hagley, he reached out to me on Facebook. He's like, Tatenda. Um, and, oh, before that, A1 <laughs> Foundation. Like, you guys saw what I did. And you, you know, A1 Foundation reached out. It's like, Tatenda, we want to sit down with you, do an interview of, like, you know, just, um, you know, this amazing initiative that you did. It was an initiative at the time. It, I, it wasn't a nonprofit at the time. And then you guys did that. And it just, you know didn't really go viral, but people in the Bismarck, North Dakota, I mean, just the state here, like, just saw it. And this one man, uh, he reached out to me. He's like, Tatenda, I feel like you need to do this long term. And I'm like, wow, what? And I was like, long term? I'm moving to Texas in, like, a year. Like, I'm graduating in 2020, and that was 2019. I was like, I just feel like you need to do this long term. I was like, what do you suppose I do? Because I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Right. But he gave me this idea, you know, it's like, hey, you can start a nonprofit. Um, I can help you. I have people that can help you. Um, I even reached out to you, Steven, about like how to, you know, set, set up like bylaws of a nonprofit. You yeah, know? we got you a lawyer. And <laughs> got me a lawyer. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I feel like, you know, God was filling in the gaps of like all the things that I didn't have the things that I couldn't do, the things that I had no expertise or skills in doing. I only had the heart and just wanting to serve and just wanting to love people uh, through the gift of shoes and clothing. And before I knew it, we had Project Love. So, yes, yeah. Project Love. And we'll talk a little bit more in a second about that, too. But I remember the first time, too, like it's safe to say it was like a half-baked idea because you got to the point where you had all these things yep. more than you expected and you can't just like get a box and write Zimbabwe on it and just right, send right, it. Right. You know, so I remember like then you had the logistics. You had to get you ended up doing like drums, right? Yep. That first time too. Yep. And then it costs a lot of money. Yes. To send that over. And so you did a didn't you do like a GoFundMe? Yep. So if I remember right, you have to tell this you'll tell it better, but did you raise the full amount? I did, and even more. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I and the the story of me like even raising the money is really funny. I, I mean, t I I just want to put it out there. Like it wasn't just Tatenda. <laughs> like Tatenda didn't 
do anything at all. I was just a vessel and, you know, God brought in the right people. Um, shout out to John, one of my good friends. We had coffee in Bismarck. Um, I was doing my internship uh, during the time and I was like, John, I had this I have this 200 pairs of shoes. I don't even know what to do with them. I was planning on going home, but I don't think I'm going to go home. So I need to ship them to Zimbabwe. It's like, dude, just started a GoFundMe. I'm like, what's what's a GoFundMe? Yeah. You know, I had no idea what he was talking about. And right away, John took his laptop and he's like, okay, we're going to do this now, right now. And before the end of the day, I literally had $600 in that GoFundMe, uh, which was crazy. Like I, I woke up just saying I'm having coffee with a friend and God already knew what he wanted to do during that time. It was, you know, setting up that GoFundMe and, you know, we posted that on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and people just came along and just, you know, helped. So it was just crazy. Isn't it crazy just how like God puts the people in your path? Like, yes. Just in you, you telling this story, you talked about Jeff, John, Eric, yep. AO1, FCA, like yes. all of these people, organizations that heard something and that jumped on board. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so many times that there's something in our hearts. There's something that we, we're passionate about that we care for, but it's it seems daunting to do it on our yeah. own. Yeah. But I feel like when you verbalize something mm. and when you when you begin to just sow the seed, you know, yeah. that's what I see it as is you looking at your shoes and then reaching out to your teammates yeah. in a close circle and saying, Hey, I want to do this at the time I'm going over. I'll just get another suitcase, you know? Yep. yep. And then just when other people and God puts other people in your path, God can do what only he can do. Yes. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing because even the team that I'm working with right now, uh, and really one of, uh, one of the brains behind project love, Danny Benson, like he's yes. one of he's, he's the co-founder as well. Because I had the idea, and then I was like, Danny, we we, I, I, I believe God wants us to do this. You know, in ten years, this is what we're gonna do. And Danny's kind of like he breaks it down. It's like, okay, step one, this is what yeah. we need to do. Step two, and you know, he, it, and and it, we are so different, but we 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 complement one another uh, right. as a team. And um, you know, just speaking about community as well, like the team that I have, these are people that I went to college with, people that I go to church with, in, yep. you know, in Bismarck. Uh, shout out to my church, Evangel now. It's yeah. amazing place. Um, so it's like when you get connected, uh, really community is the best thing. And I would encourage every young person to just find people to do life with. You have no idea what those people are going to do um, in your life, like, you know, what God has put on the inside of them to, to help you. And literally I, I've been getting the help, all the help that I need, um, you know, with this project and with this nonprofit and the work that, um, I'm doing right now. So, um, shout out to all the people, uh, even yes. like my team, you know, yourselves appreciate you guys so much. So, yeah, that's awesome. So project love is the name of the nonprofit. Yep. Um, and how can people, if somebody's listening to this today and they're going, how can I play a role in Project Love? Like, how can I be a part of what Project Love is? Yeah, uh, I think it's very easy because Project Love really is made for uh, people that want to do more um, in their lives and really with their faith. Uh, it's good to believe, uh, but the Bible also encourages us, like, with our belief, with the things that we profess and say, uh, we need to show the right actions to it. Um, mm. So I'd, I'd encourage people, if you want to do it, you can reach out to us on our website. Uh, if you want to do a drive with your family and friends, it could be as easy as that. It could be as easy as just looking through your closet. Like, what are some of the clothes that I'm, I've never worn in a long time? Like, these shoes, like, I've, I've never worn these shoes. Like, I have so many pairs of shoes. Like, you could literally do that. Um, and then reach out to us uh, on our website, uh, our social media platforms as well. Um, I think that's the easiest way, social media. Um, it's very powerful. I know people have been talking down on it, but I've literally built, uh, the Lord has used us to build this, like, amazing nonprofit through social media, through the power of social media. So you guys can do that. Uh, but the easy thing is to just plan a drive, reach out to your friends, tell them what you're doing, um, and then collect those things, reach out to us. We can come and collect it wherever you are. So, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you're out there, we'll have all that information that you can see it if you're watching on YouTube or if you look in the description of the podcast, you'll be able to get connected with that. Um, no, I just love what you're doing. I love that 
you're saying yes to something that God's put in your heart without having all the answers. And that's how it's been from day one. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think when I hear that and when I think of my own life, there's just so many people that kind of line up along the way too, that Mm. God used to bring something better out of me or that Mm. used to speak life into me. You know, I think of, you just mentioned Evangel, like when I was a senior in high school, I kind of was like directionless. I loved baseball. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I met with Josh Shaldall. This was when he was like living in Dickinson. And I just, I had known him for like a year in college and, or I I hadn't obviously known him at this point yet, but I, I got coffee with him at Starbucks and he like took interest in my life, asked me really hard questions. Mm -hmm. And I just left that conversation, like wanting to be more like him and ultimately like Jesus. And that was like the moment that I knew I was going to NDSU. Yeah. And I just look at the last several years. I can't, I don't even know how to count that high anymore, but you know, just seeing like that one person made such an impact Mm. in a small moment. And I, I think it's so important. Your name means thank you, which is so sweet, but just to live with gratitude and think of those people, those moments that God's used to shape us. Yeah. But also to think of the ways that those simple moments in our lives can shape somebody else. Right. When I was, when I was a senior in high school, I had a teacher named Lynette Munn Johnson and she was my English teacher. She was really cool. One, because she was a basketball player at NDSU. So I thought that was cool. She let us watch a little bit of March Madness when NDSU was in it. Yep. But she did this assignment. It was called pay it forward. We watched the movie called pay it forward. And then she gave everybody in our class $5, which I didn't realize was as significant. Mm -hmm. Then teachers don't just have $5 to give every student. No. And so she gave us all $5 and the whole thing was we had to do something to give to somebody else. Okay. And so a few of my classmates, we took ours and we're like, all right, what can we do with 20 bucks? You know? And then we heard about this family that lost a lot of their things to the flood that happened in Bismarck that year. Mm. And then while, the flooding had displaced them from their home. Somebody broke into their home and took all their electronics. So we took our money. We took our, some of our own money and we bought them a gift card from Best Buy. In hindsight, it probably got them some DVDs, you know, like a bunch of high school kids. But I remember going to their house and then the woman like broke down weeping and just started crying and hugging us and just thanking us profusely. And there was something just like that gripped me, Mm. you know, in my heart, like, the Bible talks about it's a joy to give, like Mm. it's better to give than to receive. And that was maybe like one of those moments that really like sparked something. Yeah. And I just was able to see that teacher this last week. And I told that story to, I actually spoke at my high school and I told that story to them and I got to tell her that like that input packed in that small moment, an assignment, you know, we had to write a little paper on it really made a difference in my life. And I think it's, it's incredible when we think of those things in our own lives. You right. Know? Yeah, that's that's so good because, I mean, I am, you know, I'm from Zimbabwe and, uh, you know, this is maybe a place or a country that some of the people that are listening don't even know it exists, you know. Um, and I think it's just the kindness and just the grace of the Lord for me to be able to remember uh, some of these things and not not forget because it's very easy to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm in America now. Everything is great. Uh, my life is going good. Uh, why should I even think about someone who is like a thousand miles away from here? So uh, honestly, it's 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 so cool. And really, my heart has just been so full seeing the impact that uh, Project Love has had on so many uh, young kids uh, in Zimbabwe and now in Peru because we started shipping stuff in Peru uh, last year. So it's been a blessing and just want to say oh glory to god uh for that yeah. um and um yeah just love the community that i'm in i remember when i moved to bismarck i was like what is this place <laughs> you know and now looking back i'm like wow god surely you know is doing some you know unlikely things in highly unlikely places i think my pastor josh has a podcast like yes that. he does yeah check it out we should check it out it's amazing highly unlikely <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm just loving life in bismarck you know I, I i i when i travel when i go to dallas or when i go to one of the big cities in america you know and people ask me like where do you live i'm like bismarck's like what do you do there you know and i'm like 
we're loving people there. We there's a there's a there's a, there's a community of people that um, is just full of love and really is showing that love to those that are around them, which is which is amazing. So yeah. that's that's super special. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think you know I I look back to we were in a wedding together a couple yes. summers ago. Yes, and it, it just happened to be you and I in the hotel late at night. You yep. know, just hanging out. Yeah, and I just think it's it's so cool like how God can converge paths. You know, I know one of the things we talked about that night, you had a different name for your nonprofit at that time. Yep. yep it I was did. very early in like the <laughs> stages, but we just were like talking about that. We were talking about life. We were talking about just the differences between the two of us culturally, our skin color, like yep. all these things. And one just like rejoicing over how God puts people together, mm-hmm. but also just like, that was the first time we had sat down to really talk about some of those differences. Yes. To like talk about like experiences, the way that you worship, the way yes. that I worship. Like there's so much value in just sitting down with somebody that maybe you don't understand that isn't like you mm. and learning about them. Yeah. Our past shape us, our upbringing shape us, but also we can learn so much from one another. Yeah. And we can love better yeah. because of that. You know, yeah. do, you rem- do you remember that conversation? I remember that conversation and it was, it was in the midst of like a lot that was going on in our country and just, yeah. um, and one thing that I love and even like reflecting on that conversation that we had was just how you were willing to, you know, come to the table and just say, you know what, let's talk about this. This may be very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable to me even talking to you about it, but, I, I, I realized how incredible you are in that moment, just sitting down and be willing to just like, you know what, Tatenda, let's, let's talk about this. It's very, it's very uncomfortable. It's happening, um, in our country. It's even happening. It was, it was actually in Minneapolis where the wedding was, um, and being able to sit down and talk about the differences that we have, even within the kingdom of God, let alone in the world, uh, but being able to appreciate all those differences and just say, hey, this is who God has made you to be. This is this is your personality. This is who you are. Um, and I I want to know more about that. And I, I felt so free to, um, you know, to talk about things that I'd never really talked to anyone about, you know, things that, um, you know, people would never know that I'm going through. And I was like, I, this is what I'm going through. Like, this is what is happening and this is how everything that's happening is making me feel. And I felt you were like a safe place for me to say everything that I wanted to say. And which was, which was incredible uh, because you, you've, you've, you've been, you've struck me as one who is not afraid of like um, sitting down and having a conversation with people, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, And I feel like, um, you know, that's something that I've learned about you and really appreciate about you because, you know, we live in the Midwest where it's very easy to just get along with people and just, you know, come to the table and talk about the weather, talk about how things are going, but not really talk about the elephant in the room. And you were, you were like bold and even humble enough to just say, let's, let's talk about it. Like, let's have a conversation and, you know, let's do something about it. And I, I was able to share my heart with with you about Project Love, and th- that was before it was even Project Love, and what I wanted to do moving forward, um, and even the help and the support that you gave me, uh, even after that, like through our text messages and just even phone calls. I'm like, Stephen, what should I do here? You know, and uh, you were that like, like a brother to me. That's someone that I could reach out to and say, Stephen, this is this is what is going on. Um, how can you help me? So, really appreciate that about you. So, thank you. Well, no, I love you, and I. <laughs> I think, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's easier to not, you know, to have that conversation would have been easier for us to just like, how's work going? And, you know, but I think in what, what was happening, like there was first for me, it was just an awareness of like, because of where I grew up, because of the experiences that I had, there's just so much that I didn't know. And I think, in the kingdom of God and even in Chi Alpha and like we had the shared love for Christ and Mm. we could easily overlook things, but I had never taken the time at that point to just sit down with somebody that has had a very different experience or that potentially did not wanting to control the conversation, Mm. but just to like listen 
and humble myself. And, and I think that was one of the things about that conversation for me was you also were willing to say hard things to me that Mm. maybe I didn't want to hear because it was going to make me uncomfortable. Mm. But I left that conversation one, just loving you a thousand percent, Mm -hmm. but also just wanting to be better about not being afraid Mm. to just engage in relationship and conversation, even when it's a little scary, you know, even when I don't know if what's going to be talked about is uncomfortable and there's great, there's so much grace and you've been so gracious with me, but I just like, that was a, that was one of those turning point conversations for me because I just was at a place of like brokenness of my lack of boldness, Mm. you know, in my lack of willingness to step in to a place where maybe I don't know what's think being thought of. I don't know what the experience is like. So it's easier for me to just back off and just kind of, Hey, I love you. You know, I Mm. love you, you know? Mm. And so, no, I just appreciate you a lot. And you've, you've meant a lot to me and just from a close, from distance, uh, you're somebody that I've looked at and said, man, I want to be like Tatenda when I get old, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, you just have really inspired me in so many ways. And, just the way that you love Jesus, the way that you worship. And I know that was part of that conversation was, yeah, you know, there was a time when I came to you and be like, Hey, to tend to cool down a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be scaring some students <laughs> and, and cause you worship with boldness and you are loud and exuberant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't want to ask, like, can you tell me about your experience yeah. and what worship to of God looks like to you? Yeah. I, you know, I am very, I'm very passionate about worshiping the Lord. Um, and it's because I remember what God has done in my life. And sometimes I just can't help it than just to lift my hands. And there's a time when I actually feel like lifting my hands is not even like, you know, good enough. And I'm like, I just need to jump, you know, like for like, it's it's almost like everything that is on the inside of me just wants to worship the Lord. And I've been to those places where the Lord takes me and I'm just like, he reminds me of where he took me from. He reminds me of all the sin, the junk that was in my life. And, you know, some of it he's still dealing with right now. And uh, one thing that happens is when we lift our hands in worship, my understanding is some of those walls that like breaking down. And I've gotten, I've gotten to see you know, experience healing and experience like breakthrough while I'm worshiping more than reading the word or more than just like, um, you know, uh, praying. But really the power of worship, the power of praise, the power of just like, you know, you know what? I am going to be even more undignified than this. Like I, I remember the story of David in the Bible when he was praising the Lord. David was a king. I And I, I think of myself and I'm like, I'm not even a king. Like I'm not, I'm nothing. I'm yeah, I'm a child of God, but I don't have a title at all. So what's stopping me from giving praise to God? And uh, and I also come from a, from a culture which is very expressive um, in our worship. Um, if you come to Zimbabwe, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> like people are very like, we are running in the church. We are praising God. But I feel the understanding for me is when you, when I think about the goodness of God in my life, like when I actually personalize um what god has done to me like i just can't help than to lift my hands like i it doesn't matter who is standing next to me or who is watching me to me it's you know ao one audience for one like he's i'm standing here he's right there what am i going to do you know sometimes i just have to kneel down i just have to lie down uh but uh this is something that i love to do uh and sometimes i don't even go to church saying this is what i'm going to do sometimes i get in the presence of the Lord during worship. And I'm just like going through a lot and just feel like, you know what, Tatenda, the only response you can do is to just like lift your hands right now, bring this before the Lord, surrender everything to him. And, um, and when I leave the presence of the Lord, I live lighter. Like I, I live like, Oh, like I've laid everything at the feet of Jesus. So it helps me when I express that it helps me when I actually use my hands, my feet, my body, and just wanting everything uh, that is on the inside of me to just give praise to God. So, yeah. 
Dude, that's awesome. And I, that's one of those things that I'm so inspired by. And, you know, when we had that conversation too, like, I remember one of the things that you said that really stuck out to me was that you felt like the way that it was handled sometimes. I, Cause I mean, we talked about like the understanding of, yeah, there's people that that's distracting or whatever, mm-hmm. but the way that we handled it made yep. you feel like you need to be hidden, that you need to be put in the corner and, mm-hmm instead of celebrating that and honoring and sharing that understanding, even with the other students of Mm. to tend to, you know, tell people why you worship the way you do and Mm. and allow people to understand what that, what that praise and why you do the things that you do. Like, and so, you know, I think that's just part of when there's cultural barriers, when there's differences, when we can lean into it and we can have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah it might not always change everything, mm-hmm. but it can take one step in the right direction of understanding and heart. And especially as believers, like to yeah. have understanding, to, to be able to me know, this is why Tatenda does this. This is why Steven said this. And for us to move forward together yeah. as brothers, like that's so important. So mm-hmm. you've taught me so much and, you know, just the friend you are to me, but also to so many other people, like I just it means a lot to me. Um, mm-hmm. One question we always ask on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> you look nervous. Oh. You look nervous. <laughs> What's one thing, one piece of advice that you would give to 20-year-old Tatenda? Ooh. So your context, you're probably at the time of coming over from China, you know, you're in, in America. What, what advice would you give young Tatenda? Man. Oh. Just say... Just be patient. Just be patient and um, love the Lord with everything that you have, everything that you are, and embrace where you are. I don't think that my first few years in America when I moved to Bismarck, I really enjoyed my environment. Like, I think even up to the point of graduation, I wanted to move away from Bismarck. Uh, I wanted to move away from North Dakota because one, I just felt like you guys are weird. I'm like, who lives in like, you know, <laughs> below zero? Like, I mean, that 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 is crazy on its own. Also, just the kind of person that I am, the way I worship, I just felt like I was not appreciated or like I was not being um welcomed um really didn't feel like um there was any love that the people that i was living and doing life with um you know had for me so i wanted to move so bad and i was not patient with the church i was not patient with maybe the leadership as well um and i yeah i i really would say to the young tatenda be patient love God with everything that you are and everything that you have. And, you know, with that comes, you know, when you're filled with that love of God, when you see your brother, whether they look like you or they don't look like you or they talk like you or they don't talk like you or they do things like you do or they don't do things like you do, you don't even look at that. You just want to love them where they're at. And I don't think I did that um, in my in my 20s. Like 20-year-old Tatenda was just very naive and just thinking that they can you know, just do whatever they want to do. And, you know, like life goes on. But I think now I'm learning that everyone is on a journey. Even our leaders, they're on a journey. Um, And to be very gracious and to be very patient, to be very loving, um, even when it, even when it's not convenient for you. Like, I feel like I only loved people when it was convenient for me. I was only patient when it was convenient for me. Uh, When it was not convenient, I was like, I need to get away from this place. Uh, but now I love this place. I love North Dakota. I love Bismarck. I love coming to Fargo. Um, I love my friends. I love my family. Um, and it's just it's just amazing to see what the Lord is doing in my life and through my life too. So um, I'm very grateful for that. Awesome. That was a great answer. <laughs> that was a great answer. No, I, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your trip to Fargo to hang out with me and be on the podcast and just appreciate you a lot. Love you a lot. And thanks, Steven. For you out there listening, we just appreciate you. Thanks for joining us for this episode, for being a part of the podcast. 
Um, make sure you check out Instagram, goingsomewhere.podcast, and our website, goingsomewherepod.com. Send in questions that you want, want answered. Suggest guests. That's where the best place to do it. But thanks for watching. Subscribe. Leave a review. Do all those things. And yeah. come back next week. Yeah. We love you. We love I love you. you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Oh, that's so good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. I had a blast sitting down with my friend Tatenda to talk about life and he just lives with such a passion and it's contagious. Every time I'm around him, I just want to be like him. I want to live with more passion, with more vibrance to my life. And so I just appreciate him so much for doing that, but also just for the friend that he is. He has lived a truly motivational, inspirational story from being born in Zimbabwe, living in China, just the challenges that he's walked through. And I appreciate his vulnerability and his openness in this conversation. And there's so much that we can learn from his story, but also just learning that there's people that have differences all around us. That's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing that God's designed us all differently. And we can lean in to those differences and get to know somebody at a different level. We don't have to be intimidated because they look different or because they sound different or whatever the case may be but we can learn more about them and just dig into a relationship that can truly be life-giving if we just have the boldness and the courage to do so. So that's the challenge this week is, is there somebody in your life that, that maybe you've been intimidated to build a relationship with them or maybe you've been intimidated to have a, a tough conversation with? I encourage you to do it. Be bold, be courageous. It might not go perfect, but the fact that you do it is better than if you don't. Also, shout out to what Tatenda's doing with Project Love. If you're interested in supporting Project Love, doing a clothing drive, make sure you reach out to them on social media or on their website and get involved, get plugged in, and help them build the kingdom in an incredible way like they're doing with Project Love. Thanks so much for listening. And this is a resource of Northview Church. And shout out to Northview for opening the doors for us, but also to create a space where we can truly have um, conversations that are real and raw and that can leave a big impact. So appreciate Northview. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.